Good morning, Zion Talofa. Thank you so much for uh, taking time to be together this Sunday. We are all adjusting to, to what that means and how to imagine that when we're singing songs about uh, being together or reciting liturgy together about uh, being together, but we are in this moment, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, uh, we are together in this moment. So let's prepare for the service as we always do. Settle into the place where you're sitting. Settle into the people with whom you are listening. Find your breath and just know that what God longs for is to gaze upon you and for you to be present to that loving gaze, to be present to yourself and be present to this fellowship. So as we follow our breath in and follow our breath out, let's prepare for the service. Amen. Let's join one another in our call to worship. As we gather to worship, we thank you, God. We, we thank, thank you for the many blessings of our lives. We raise our voices in praise, remembering your wonderful works in our lives. In line with our ancestors in faith, with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, we praise you for the opportunities we have known, for the work we are able to get, for the doors that are opened to us, for the privileges in life, for all the ways you've been our provider and defender, we praise you. Be, Be with us as we worship and hear our voices lifted in praise. Hear us, see us, be with us, and bless us as we worship and in our lives. Amen. Let's pray together. Loving, Loving God, God, we praise, praise you for the opportunity to gather, to gather in worship. Open our hearts as we bring ourselves before you in humble desire to follow your ways and know your wisdom. Open our eyes and help us see how our lives impact others and this created world. Open our ears and help us to hear the voices of those who have been silenced for too long. Open our minds and help us to understand our impact on the world and our more rightful place in it. Show us your glory and guide our thoughts and reflections as we worship. We pray. Amen. Our opening 
hymn today. I shouldn't say opening hymn, our only hymn that we're going to sing together. Uh, Jill has provided for us uh, online, so if you'll reference that uh, right now, it's hymn number 506, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And uh, Jeanette is going to play all three verses for us. Let's confess our sins together, trusting in God's grace. Holy Creator, we have not always been aware of our privilege and power. We are a people of inequity and injustice. We have not always understood the impact of silencing on others. We are a people who have known and taken for granted ways and laws that disempower and dismiss. We have not always been careful of those who have less opportunity in our world. We are a people with a voice, yet we have not always spoken the truth. 
Gracious Creator, we are always aware that we have hurt our own lives and spirits by the actions and inactions we have justified through our privilege. We have not understood the value of the diversity with which we have been created. Forgive us and teach us to notice the invisible, to value the commodified, and to hear the voices of the silenced. Forgive us and teach us to move out of the way and make room in our lives for the other. Show us how to truly be your people, we pray. Amen. The greatest assurance we have is to inherit diversity. Our call is to honor, celebrate, enhance, and listen to the glory of all of who we are. The great good news is that we are given a new beginning every day. And we are asked, whenever we are awakened, by the sun or by new awareness, to strive again to love more fully and include more completely. God has done this for us. Let us praise God by doing so for one another. It is an interesting call to confession this morning, to be sure. I, if you weren't following along with the bulletin online, it may have been confusing to you to endure that silence. And you heard Doug's voice, and you heard my voice, and then there was a silence where the voice of a woman should have been. You think about Rebecca, and you think of Leah, and what say did they have in the scripture that we read this morning from, from the Old Testament? It's something that we still wrestle with. I've been reading this week about Mary Magdalene and how of all the disciples, she was the one who never left and never deserted Jesus. And we have a lot of silence where that is concerned through the history of the church. So uh, it's interesting and powerful. And thank you, Doug, and thank you, Jeanette, uh, for uh, reading and uh, being a part of putting this service together every week. Uh, that was a powerful prayer of confession. Let's turn our attention now toward Scripture this morning. And uh, the first verse, we will continue Jacob's story. Remember, we read about his ladder at Bethel and his dream, his encounter with the presence of the living God everywhere that he is or everywhere that he will go. He knew it in the marrow of his bones. And this week we read of how his journey continues and he heads back to his ancestral homeland uh, seeking a wife. So Genesis chapter 29, we'll read verses 15 through 28. And then Jesus continues to teach in parables. Our gospel reading is in Matthew 13 beginning verse 31 through 33, just a reference there to the mustard seed, and then skip to verse 44 and read 44 through 52. So Genesis 29, 15 through 28, and then Matthew 13, 31 through 33, 
and then skip to verse 44 and read 44 through 52. I wonder how many of us, if we were asked to describe or to answer the simple question, hey, how's everything going? How are you doing? How are you feeling? I wonder how many of us would use the term tired or even exhausted or worn out, something along, along those lines. This morning, uh, which would be Saturday morning, when I, when I came to Zion, uh, John Austin and I, we sat together in, in contemplative prayer. And afterwards, we talked about, you know, church stuff and stuff that John and I talk about, but neither of us could mask our fatigue. Discussions of school starting or not starting, work continuing as it is or in some manner that we've not even been able to imagine yet. Churches meeting in person or not meeting in person. Things simple like being able to move about the world without having to worry about masks or hand sanitizer. We couldn't mask our fatigue about just not knowing and not trusting. A disbelief at the seeming futility of engaging in meaningful dialogue and exploration with those who see us or who we see as other, or with those so angry, so convinced of a certain position, so guarded in their beliefs that there seemingly is no longer such a thing as civil discourse. We don't know how to begin, and at times we are exhausted by it. And later, Celia and Panicia came in and certainly good to see one another, but as the conversation went on, we agreed, we're tired. <laughs> we're tired of not being able to hug our friends. Tired of not being able to meet with one another in our sanctuary. Tired of not being able to sing together. Tired of feeling helpless as if there's nowhere to turn, no individual or no agency with some comprehensive, coherent, and consistent vision or explanation of where we are and what we should be doing. That is a vision like that without some political agenda or some motive behind it. And we're tired. And later, Doug and Jeanette. Jeanette came into the sanctuary, and after we greeted one another, 
She told me she's tired of not being able to see her grandchildren in Kansas City. Tired of not being able to enjoy a night out at the theater. She told me that they want to be back in the sanctuary with people that they love. It's a lot better than being in here with a computer and a microphone. We're tired. So in that spirit, in that context, I'd like us to think about Jacob. I mean, you read the passage in Genesis. He stayed a really, really long time with Laban. I don't know whether it was literally 14 years, but it was a long, long time. And I want you to wonder if he ever grew weary. Think about what sustained him prior to arriving back in Haran he had his dream and I put quotation marks around dream because I think it was real that term implies something that existed only in his imagination or in a make believe I believe what we call Jacob's ladder was more real than anything else he knew in that moment of God's presence in his life no matter where he was no matter what his circumstances he knew it that sustained him and also his love for Rebecca sustained him he stayed he remained And I want you to think about why those 14 years had to happen. I don't want any of us to think even for a second that he was being punished for his deception at securing his father's blessing for a second time. Now, we didn't read that, read that passage together, but Isaac, on his deathbed, wanted to bless his firstborn and remember Jacob and his mother conspired to receive the blessing under false pretenses and you remember Esau was furious and vowed to kill his brother and that's what started his flight in the desert I want us all to reflect back on this, what it was that motivated Jacob to do what he did at least two times, the deception in which he engaged against his brother Esau. This notion of securing a birthright, and it's an idea that I owe to my, my good friend Tim Johnson. I heard him speaking about this passage. There are these things in our lives that we think we have to do. I have to achieve this. I have to do this. I have to earn this. 
and I'll do anything to make sure that it happens. This was Jacob's motivation. Why else would you deceive your brother? Why else would you deceive your father unless you were acting out of fear, some sense that you were incomplete, some sense that you were not good enough? And he does this, and it doesn't bring him any sense of peace. And then he falls asleep on the rock at Bethel, and he sees and he knows in his heart of hearts what his birthright is and that it was never anything that he could earn by deception or any other way, that it was simply given to him. And he knew that from that moment on, that there was nothing else for him to realize. And from that moment, he headed to Laban, Laban's house. That's one aspect of this. The second aspect of this I also owe to Tim Johnson. One of the quotes in the passage is after Laban arguably deceives Jacob and has him marry Leah. When questioned about it, Laban says, this is not done in our country, giving the youngest before the firstborn. This is not done in our country, giving the youngest before the firstborn. In other words, there's, there's a respect. There is a tradition. There is a way that serves everybody. And I imagine, as the words came out of Laban's mouth, in that moment, another realization came to Jacob. And he thought, oh my God, I've betrayed my brother. I wonder if you've had a moment like that. And I was talking to a young man a week ago about, this was probably 15 or 20 years ago when I was serving a community south of Abilene called New Basil. But from time to time, we would get together with other churches in southern Dickinson County, and we would have, uh, we would have joint services together. And on, on this one particular day, I was, I was the guy. You know, I don't remember where there were four or five different pastors, but it was my turn to... And I can't remember whether I was leading it all, hosting it all, or delivering the message, but in my mind, I was really important. I had to be there. And so I was driving south out of Abilene, and I don't even, I can't even remember how close I was to the church, but I knew that, you know, there was some anxiety there. Okay, I got to be there. I'm the guy. I'm giving the message. I'm... I had it all prepared, and 
and there was a hitchhiker walking along I-15, or not, not I-15, Kansas Highway 15. And I saw him walking there. I didn't stop because I couldn't be late. I was the guy. I was doing God's work. I was, I was really important. And not until I was in the pulpit in front of these four congregations and I began to read the scripture. I can't even tell you which scripture it was, but I experienced a moment where I had to hold in my tears because it was as if, oh my God, this thing that I'm speaking about, this thing that I'm pointing toward, this call to take care of my brother. I just missed it. I got caught up in wanting to secure my birthright, if you will. And there I stood, oh my God, I betrayed my brother. These are the kind of moments that serve as seeds for us. These are the kind of moments that transform us. This is David in a conversation with the prophet Nathan. Oh my God, what have I done? Laban says, this is not done in our country, giving the youngest before the firstborn. And Jacob is changed. Oh my God, I betrayed my brother. So he stays. No matter his fatigue, no matter how it felt during those first seven years, no matter how unjust his treatment at being deceived himself by Laban, he stayed. So the moment in the desert where he knew God's presence and he knew that that is all that mattered, that sustained him. A seed, if you will, a mustard seed hidden beneath everything but real and always growing. The realization the humiliation of betraying his brother, and he knew it, and he felt it, and he could not ignore it. That sustained him. Another seed, hidden but real and always growing. So through his fatigue, through his helplessness, through his sense of being treated unjustly, Jacob stayed. So yeah, we're tired, but we have some seeds as well. And Jesus speaks of the kingdom of heaven 
seemingly sustained and growing in these small ways that we don't realize, that we don't see. Instances in our past, memories that sometimes seem unreal because they occurred so long ago. Did that really happen? Was I really that moved? But they sustain us if we pay attention and they grow. And they will stay through our fatigue as well. I want to share something with you. that I hope can serve us in this way. It has me. Last night, Sherry and I went out to uh, Lee and Linda's house, and I, they've been coming to our church. It seems so long ago now since we've been together, but they sit back there by Ruth and Wayne, uh, June and Lee and Linda, uh, Lee Maston, Linda, and June Robinson. But we've been so fortunate and so blessed to have them in our community. Well, last night, I'm getting off subject here. Last night, they got married. They've been together for 30 plus years. The union had been established. But they wanted to be married. And so Sherry and I went out to the house and and Lee's good friend Rich and his wife Allie were there from San Antonio. And we had the ceremony together and we shared a meal together. And we weren't tired. <laughs> it was powerful, it was moving, it was beautiful. And Lee and Linda and June spoke of this Zion community and how they've been made to feel and how fortunate we are and how fortunate they are to be a part of one another's lives. These are the kinds of things that sustain us. These are sacred moments within a community that will sustain us. We are tired, Zion but the kingdom remains within us, hidden perhaps, small perhaps, unseen sometimes, but real. And we are being transformed by it. We are being sustained by it, and we will stay present. Amen. All right, let's talk about some announcements in uh, the life of, of our church. We will meet, uh, I believe as a consistory, we decided to meet on the 29th. Um, 
we had decided that we would not meet it person, in person through July, and we wanted to revisit it at the end of this month, so we will do so this week, and I will, uh, I will let everyone know um, as soon as possible, as soon as we can, uh, the decision that we've come to. Uh, please keep us in your prayers uh, as, as we, we talk about and decide what's best. Uh, for Zion. I see that uh, the grocery cart out there has got some food in it, so August 2nd we'll collect that food for the food pantry if you'd like to uh, bring something by on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. Uh, the other thing uh, that I wanted to make sure people recognized was that uh, July 31st is when Jill is going to print the, the newsletter, The Journey, um, and so if you have an article, if you have something that you need to be turned, I'm saying this to myself as much as anybody, uh, that that needs to be turned in uh, early this week so Jill has an opportunity uh, to put that together. I alluded to it in the sermon a little bit, but uh, Lee and Linda were married uh, last night, so cause for celebration, cause for joy. Uh, I guess we give virtual hugs. I'm not sure how to, how to do it, but... Uh, it, 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 as I said, it was wonderful and uh, it was a great night. Um, so, yeah, d d in June uh, and Lee and Linda, uh, if you see them, tell them congratulations. Uh, Allie and Rich were on the road today heading back to Texas and we pray for their uh, safe travels as well. Beautiful, uh, wonderful friends. Uh, let me see if I'm forgetting anything else. Uh, I, I I guess I also said John Austin and I met for a meditation and contemplative prayer this morning. I want to keep doing that. Um, it's another one of those things that's uh, good uh, for me as much as anything. Uh, I love sitting in here, and uh, so thank you, John, for coming by, and we'll uh, continue to do that. Um, we'll do it if you want to come by. Yeah, we'll socially distance. Uh, but we'll also put it up on Zoom like we did this morning, so we'll have both opportunities there. Um, Marvin is home from the hospital. Uh, that's good. Lori is back uh, with Janice and, and Marvin, so and, and she's healthy. Um, and uh, Marvin, is he's on his way. It's been great talking to him and, and hearing him get stronger. I know that uh, some of you have visited... Uh, although from a distance, but uh, those are answered prayers to be sure. Um, we'll continue to pray for Renee and uh, as her sister's family mourns her loss um, and, and some other uh, names that you'll recognize. And I guess I've already started to move, move us toward an attitude of prayer, so... Uh, let's do that as a community and let's pray together. Creator God, we thank you for this time. As difficult as it has been, as confusing as it has been, as our anger and our fatigue reveals things about us. 
We are grateful for all of it. It doesn't mean we don't pray for those who are suffering to be cured. It doesn't mean uh, we want our health care workers and to continue to be overwhelmed. But we are grateful for what we are learning about ourselves during this time. We are grateful for this community. Thank you for Zion. Lord, we pray for everyone who is lost, the countless families who've lost loved ones in recent months all over the world. We pray for the loss of situations, jobs, circumstances, all of those things that we're learning to do without. In particular, we pray, and we continue to pray for Grady's family, for Shotzi's family, for all those who grieve. We pray for their consolation. We pray for Rosemary to continue healing, for Jolene. We hold Colton in our prayers, and Dale, we continue to pray for Marielle, for Mallory. Thank you that Marvin is regaining his strength. We continue to hold Marvin in our prayers and Janice and Lori. We pray for Chad Horner, for Bruce Carlson. We continue to hold the Gonzalez family in our prayers. For all of those who are isolated, for all of those who are lonely, we think of Aunt Ruth, we, we think of Marvel and her 102nd birthday. We think of Susie. Please be with our nurses, with our doctors, with everyone overwhelmed by their circumstances. We pray for politicians, all kinds of decision makers. We pray that you be present with them. We wait and we will continue to wait through our fatigue, through our worry, through our anger, and we trust you. And we conclude this Sunday praying the prayer that Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for being with us this Sunday. Um, it just occurred to me that I forgot to say that I would not be around on Tuesday and, and maybe for part of Wednesday. Uh, Jack and I are going fishing. Uh, I'll still be able, you can still reach me by phone um, and we'll still be able to communicate that way, but I just won't be in junction on Tuesday or early Wednesday. Uh, 
Thank you again for being here this Sunday. Christ has no body now on earth but ours. No hands, no feet on earth but ours. Ours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Ours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Ours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Ours are the hands. Ours are the feet. Ours are the eyes. We are his body. Amen.